live from the mist and shrouded mountaintop fortress that is X and Y Communications Headquarters. You're listening to the world famous Mountaintop Podcast. And now, here's your host, Scott McKay. Greetings, gentlemen, all across the Fruited Plain. This is your main man, Scott McKay, at Scott McKay on Twitter, Real Scott McKay on Instagram, Scott McKay on YouTube. The Facebook group is the Mountaintop Summit. And of course, you can always find us at www.mountaintoppodcast.com. Today, we're going to talk about a very interesting topic with a new friend of mine who's uh, guaranteed to be a very interesting guest. His name is Scott McDougall. Not to be confused with yours truly or any other Scott Mac out there, but it's good to be a smack. And uh, he's from Dallas, Texas, so he is a fellow Texan like I am. Scott, man, welcome. Thanks, man. Appreciate you having me on the show. Yeah, and uh, for you guys listening, Scott has been coaching men and women in the fine art of dating and relationships. Lately, he's been focusing on smart, driven, successful career women who find themselves single largely because either uh, guys like us didn't know how to handle them or they didn't know how to handle us or something in between. And I figured knowing Scott that today's topic would be something he and I could hit out of the park together. And that's an insight into the kind of dating advice women are given and especially, Scott, how it's affecting us. And, uh, you know, as a guy who's been coaching men in the past and now is coaching women also. And of course we coach women as well around here. Uh, what do you think some of the latest trends are in terms of what women are being taught about men and why? Um, it's a great question. I think a lot of women are complaining that guys don't do the things that they used to do. Right. So they don't step up as much. They're not like whining and dining them. They're more doing coffee dates and, you know, even though that's what w- women are uh, saying and some people are agreeing with them, I don't entirely agree with them because I feel like uh, there's a lot of entitlement going on. Like a woman wants to be wined and dined. Well, I think that's fabulous if you are on like a first real date with her where you've already been on like a first meeting and establish that you both like each other and want to do this for real. But if a woman is like, has these huge expectations for the way she deserves to be treated on the first meeting when you guys don't even really know each other. I think that's uh, an unhealthy expectation on the part of the female. Yeah. And, you know, really the dating sites and especially the apps out there nowadays have made it so when people go on an actual first date, if they're going to call it that, they really don't know each other. And they're getting in front of each other and they really don't know even if they like each other yet. So it would be absolutely unreasonable for a woman to expect that this guy is going to take her out to a dinner and a full-on date. I mean, she could decide, hey, you know what? I don't like you very much either and I'm skipping town on this date. But, you know, you're right in that there's this old school expectation that this is going to be a big fancy date when much of the world is really – kind of rendered the term date obsolete. Certainly the young college age kids and young millennials and generation Z types, they kind of scoff at the actual concept of a date. It's kind of a discussion amongst us as dating coaches, whether we should even call each other dating coaches anymore. Yet I think it's perfectly reasonable to, instead of having a first date, have a first meeting without these lofty expectations behind it. So I think a lot of times, especially women are kind of caught in this weird limbo between is this a date or should we just go through the ritual of meeting each other and seeing how it goes? And I think a lot of women 
really aren't being prepared with the dating advice they're reading, especially if they're getting it from a candy-ass source like Cosmopolitan Magazine or something, of what the real expectation should be there, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that's the advice that I'm giving my female clients. So I'm I'm breaking it down into it's a first meeting, like you said, because the thing is, is, you know, from the guy's point of view, let's say he goes on five first meetings. Well, if they're treated like dates, he's out 50, 60 bucks per girl. And it could be that he liked her, but she didn't like him or she liked him. He didn't like her. All these different scenarios. So as a guy, you know, it feels like the cards are stacked against you and that you just can't win if these women are expecting, you know, the big fancy first date every single time. So I'm coaching these women to think of it more as a first meeting. Yeah. And, you know, you got to feel for those poor bastards who meet some woman two or three thousand miles away and buy a freaking plane ticket either for her or themselves. And then they cross the jetway and meet each other and don't like each other. <laughs> I mean, it's just, you got to be kidding. The expectations get ramped up to superhuman degrees. Nobody can possibly live up to it. And the letdown is almost, I mean, let's put it this way. If there isn't a letdown, it's almost a miracle. You mentioned a word that kind of keys a lot of guys up when they hear it in the context of women and dating and relationships nowadays, and that's entitlement. I'd like for you to talk a little bit more about where women got this sense of entitlement, you think? I mean, was it from advice they're being given or is it from the media at large? But I don't really think there's any denying that it's out there. And the strange part, as you and I have both seen from Facebook and Twitter, because we talked about this earlier, is the women think we're the ones who are entitled. I mean, do we have a little bit of a blind spot there, too? Who's entitled here, both of us, or is it mostly just women? Or, I mean, what's going on with that? I'd like to hear you riff on that. All right. That's a great question, man. Um, what's basically happened is that, you know, the old school dating rules were created in the 1920s and 1930s at a time when men made all the money or most of it. And it was like, you're the breadwinner. Men were the only ones with access to vehicles. So they were borrowing their parents' cars. So it only made sense that the man had to pay. And then that worked for like 1980, 1990, 2000, whatever. And so here we are, 2020, right, where a lot of women are making more money than men and we're in women's empowerment. And basically what I feel like has happened is that women have broken free from this. You know, the man should make more than me, the patriarchy in the business world, because they realized it was disadvantageous. But then they simultaneously chose to hold on to it in the dating world because it seemed advantageous to make the guys pay for everything. So they didn't really want to give that up. So I think there is a sense of like, this is the way it's supposed to be. And, you know, women will, they're one way in their career, but they'll say, but I'm a traditional girl in dating or, you know, they'll all use all kinds of excuses to just say that, like, you have to swoon me. And uh, I think where the entitlement comes from is they feel entitled to be paid for, to be wined and dined. And then guys in return feel entitled to sex or moving in that direction because it's transactional, right? So if I'm going to pay, whether the guy even realizes it or not, there's this sense of like, I need something in return to fill that like imbalance. Well, I would agree with you. I think also the media is drumming up that masculinity is toxic. Men are to be feared. Men are to be held at arm's length. Every man has to prove himself. Literally, men are guilty until proven innocent, as we saw very much on public display with the Kavanaugh hearings last summer. I mean, that was a watershed moment. All of a sudden, 
the believe all women hashtag not only applied to legal matters, it applied to almost every matter. I mean, women for a long time have been treated in dating advice as if they're goddesses. This is the yaya sisterhood and, you know, gals go after your divine feminine and goddess is a word, like I said, that's used quite often in women's dating advice. I fully get that women suffer from self-esteem and part of women becoming the kind of human beings we as men really will want to be in a relationship is building their self-esteem. I mean, I think we can all stand up and cheer for that. But what happens is when you take that with what I call app disorder, or <laughs> there are so many ways you can refer to it. I've called it the app apocalypse. I've called it planet of the apps. <laughs> I've called it, you know, the app singularity. I think is probably the best way to put it. I think apps own us nowadays instead of vice versa. And what's happened is because of the superficiality of the apps, men decide, hey, I'm just going to swipe right on all these women and see who actually likes me. And what that's done to the psyche at large, you know, the collective psyche of women out there who are using apps, it's allowed them to believe that all these guys are actually interested in them. So you have very average women who are getting a 100 swipes a day showing interest, and they're going, oh, this is wonderful. My Disney prince loves me. Meanwhile, they don't even realize that this guy has quite literally swiped on everybody. So here are a bunch of women who are average who, first of all, think all the men are interested and then are frustrated when the ball gets dropped with quite literally all of them. Then arguably what's worse, and again, we're talking about entitlement here. So that's the first way women got entitled, I think, because I hear it all the time, Scott, from guys that, you know, even average women think they're supermodels because they're getting all this attention and it's really frustrating. But the second thing is, look how apps have trained women to respond to opportunities with members of the other gender like we as men historically have. Because what does an app do? It shows you a picture. It demands a split-second decision of you as to whether you think this is a pretty picture or not. So we are retraining women to consider looks first, just like we as men have been accused of doing for, I don't know, centuries. So yeah. you've got a bunch of women going, oh, he's cute, he's not. So yeah. most of us as guys aren't particularly handsome. I mean, women are much more beautiful creatures than we are. You can tell in the media. You can tell even how women respond to each other. That's the case. So one plus one there equals entitlement. And so women are showing up also because of the brevity of the apps. You know, you get just a little bit to talk about yourself and it's not going to be of any consequence. Because women still under there want a man to take the lead. It's become, hey, entertain me. You know what? You swipe right on me. What are you looking for? You know, what do you want? I mean, women are saying just preposterous things as a first impression to men, expecting men to kowtow to that. And then, of course, you talked about who pays for dates. You know, the general rule, even nowadays, is whoever invites pays. And men yep. are the leaders. Men are wired to be the providers and protectors. So, of course, we are confronted with a couple women who finally, you know, root through all the bird's nest of social communication there and actually end up talking to us. And they're like, okay, entertain me. And the guy's like, oh, you want to go to dinner? And of course, he invites, he pays. And it ends up becoming a very expensive social life for these guys. Meanwhile, women really are feeling entitled. 
and like I said, I think it's being fostered not only by the climate of online dating and apps nowadays, but also by the dating advice they've received. Well, yeah, because I mean, most all the men and women who are coaching women are telling them, don't ever ask a guy out. You know, it's not your job. That's his job, which you've just said you agree with. But what happens is, is, you know, there's basically only one way to get a date. And that's if the guy asks. So like if the guy doesn't ask, or he wants to split, or he wants something fair, there's really no choice because if he doesn't ask, then she doesn't ask, and there's no date, Boom. right? So it's right. kind of like you're pigeoned, whereas the only way to get a date is for you to ask. Even uh, Actually, it's gotten even worse. Uh, I've experienced this myself where a girl asked me if I wanted to go out with her, and then I said, would you like to pick the restaurant too? And she said, yes, I want to go to this place. And then... It was an expensive place. And then I sort of figured out what her motive was. And so she was basically going to expect me to pay for it, too. So she wanted to ask me out, pick the place, and I was going to have to pay for all of it. I mean, that's just dirty pool. I didn't even go on the date. I figured out that she was going to want me to pay for it, you know, in a roundabout way and just said, you know, no, thank you. So here we are. You know, if the guy asks, he has to pay. And now we're moving a little bit towards she'll ask, but he still has to pay. Well, again, I think that comes back down to that sense of entitlement. Let this guy prove himself to me. If you look at women's online profiles, they have two things in common generally, both of which are really no good for getting us to be interested in them, <laughs> you know, beyond their pictures. Yeah. And, you know, the aside that goes along with that is, isn't it interesting how women don't want to be objectified based on their looks, yet they're busy <laughs> furthering that whole process? But they're busy making that happen nonetheless by how vapid they are in their profiles. It's just absolutely crazy. But again, I think that's part of the app singularity. Apps are controlling us, not vice versa. We are now basically beholden to how apps have demanded that we socialize with each other. So what you have are women who, you know, they're taught by the Me Too movement or whatever, or the toxic masculinity memes that float around that men aren't to be trusted. We are to be held at arm's length. We are to prove ourselves to them. So what happens in the profiles, assuming that women even write something other than, hey, how about your girl or one woman literally did write, what are you looking for? <laughs> Yeah, they're I mean, extremely lazy. That's just, well, it's confrontational. I mean, that's saying there's a right and a wrong answer, and I'm going to let you guess what it is. And it puts the man on the defensive immediately, which is no way to start a relationship. But the two common denominators in most women's profiles are they're talking to men they don't want. Look, if you voted for this guy, if you eat meat, if you do this, if you still live with your mommy, don't bother. And all you guys who do, let me rip you a new one by saying the following. And then they'll go on about what this guy is supposed to do for them. You know, I need a man right. who does this. I need a man who's not going to be shy about giving me his credit card. I need a man who's willing to pitch in and do the dishes. Well, what's she bringing to the table? I've had women respond in anger to me for even suggesting that. And these are women who've paid me to coach them just the other yeah. day to kind of illustrate this. And then I want to hear your thoughts on it. I saw a Facebook post that just made me chunder Gus diet Coke all over my keyboard. It was so funny. All right. Here's the deal. The woman was saying, Hey ladies, I think instead of demanding your man to do something for you and expecting him to do it, I think you should be more friendly about it and suggest and be kind in making your 
desires and requests and needs known to a man because men want to do nice things for us. And if you're nice about it, I think you'll get better results. You know, the whole flies and honey thing. Yeah. And then at the end, she goes, I realize this is going to trigger a lot of you ladies, but you who are being triggered by it are probably the ones who need to hear it. So at first, on the surface, you think, oh, great, this dating coach is actually teaching women how to be nice. And then you realize how deep this rabbit hole is really going, and you go, wait a minute, wait a minute, I've been brainwashed. This is a completely screwed up post. These women are going to be triggered, I mean, triggered to anger by the fact that they have to be nice about asking us to do things for them. What's missing from this picture? What's missing from this picture is any kind of acknowledgement at all from the women that, you know, maybe they should reciprocate. What are you going to bring to the table and do nice for this guy? I mean, women being triggered because they have to ask us to do things for them nicely. This is female dating advice nowadays. And really, here's the bottom line. I want to hear what you have to say about this, Scott. I think it's all about feeding what's keeping these women single to begin with. They're selfish. They're entitled, and they're not for a second going to tolerate from anybody any notion that they should be otherwise. They look in the mirror and they blame men for their singleness, but don't you dare tell them that. So what ends up happening is the women who are succeeding at giving dating advice, and of course the men too. I mean, the men who are really crushing it out there advising women are the men who serve our balls up on a silver platter and say, okay, ladies, you know, mea culpa, we guys are horrible. Here's how you navigate it. I mean, they're traitors to our own gender, basically. And what ends up happening is these women are lulled into a sense of believing the problem is men when men are avoiding them like the plague because no guy's going to sign up for that level of entitlement. It's just absolutely nuts. So what sells is the dating advice out there, the relationship advice too, by the way after you're married, before the relationship, after the relationship, either way, what's selling is what's keeping those women single because that's what their itching ears want to hear. Well, I mean, the thing is, is, you know, I have these female clients come to me and they're, you know, they're, they're on the first date merry-go-round where they just go first date or first meeting and they can't figure out why they're not getting second dates. And you've already hit the nail on the head. I mean, they're not reciprocating. So like guys don't want to have to like, ask you on the first date and then if it goes well then wait and make him do the second date and the third it's like you feel like you're an indentured servant as opposed to looking for a partner so i have this belief change thing where i kind of flip the switch and all of a sudden they get it and i i just you know point out to them that you have to reciprocate you have to make your online dating profile more beneficial to the men tell them like what you offer and what you're looking for while also wrapping it like in the benefits that you offer the men who are going to pursue you talk about the law of reciprocation. So like if he takes you on a nice date and plans and pays for it and you like him, you might plan and pay for the next one and then, you know, go on from there. So they're really basic dating principles, but women aren't doing them. And then when they do do them, they stand out in such a positive way that they get immediate results. So the biggest challenge is getting them to overcome their beliefs. And that's it's not easy to do, but I've designed a process for that. Good. Yeah, it's interesting. The women who actually are friendly and want to bring something to the table and good looking and sweet and not mean to waiters and actually like men. Oh my gosh. We guys will do anything for those women. Those are the kind yeah. of women we all want. 
And yet women just can't take down that barrier and allow it to happen. And, you know, we as guys aren't off the hook either. I mean, you've got the MGTOW guys out there who think it's all women's fault. They're all horrible, terrible people. But, uh, you know, they're not going their own way. They're still talking about women constantly, which proves that women are still on their mind. But they're not going to get any of the women. It's all going to be one big, giant, self-fulfilling prophecy because of their attitude. So just like the women who think men are all terrible and, you know, I've gone on 40 dates in the last year and I haven't connected with anybody because they're all horrible. It's like, oh, you know what? <laughs> hmm. Pot, meat, kettle, right? But yeah. those women, when they do have this epiphany that, hey, maybe I need to give a little to get a little, not only are they going to get a better response from men, they're also going to have a better relationship. Now, as I've said all the time, people are probably sick of hearing it, but I'll say it again anyway. My relationship with Emily is not work. You know, oh, your relationship is hard work. We give to each other. We support each other. My life is better every day because she's in it. And yet people are still scrambling to get what they want without, wait for it, deserving what they want, which is what we talk about all the time around here. So here's my next question for you. What are the most frequent questions women ask you about men and dating, Scott? You know, women are constantly wanting to know why guys are telling them one thing and then doing another. So, like, he acts really interested in me, and then we sleep together, and then I'm, I can't figure out why he's not interested anymore. Or, you know, why do guys, why do they want to hurry up and have sex? And the answer I tell them is that because you're, you're in this transactional type of dating. I mean, traditional dating rules are basically adversarial. He pays, so he expects sex. Whereas if it was more of an even playing field, like you go out, you split the check, or he pays and then you pay, and it feels like you know it's a partnership, then guys wouldn't be in such a hurry to get that ROI. So I think another question is, uh, why do guys do stupid things? Like It's hard for me to know for sure because I have heard a lot of stories from women like women have told me when I dated them that like, you know, you're great at this, you're a great romantic, you're really sweet texture, you're a great kisser, you're gotten a lot of compliments from a lot of different women on a lot of different things. And uh, they say that most men suck at that. So it makes me wonder, do men actually suck at that? So maybe they have a point. You know, my parents, I learned the whole Southern gentleman routine. So, you know, that's probably not taught by a lot of people. So I think that's important. And then I was kind of a natural romantic, so that part just kind of came naturally. And then the like physical escalation and being a man and just kind of being able to, you know, bridge the gap between like being a gentleman and then like starting to seduce her a little bit. And then when you get to the sexual part, being the guy who's really strong and takes charge and is you know, respectful and it's consensual, but you're also very much in charge. I think that's what women want. So I've had a lot of women tell me that they don't feel like guys know how to make that transition. It's like they want to go from gentleman to sex and there's not that progressive, you know, it's like where they say you got to warm up the oven before you stick in the turkey. <laughs> well, that's one way to put it. Yeah. I mean, I hear a lot of the same complaints from women and so does Emily. And yes, when you design an interaction so it's going to be transactional, you can't really expect it to go any other way. A lot of the women we hear from who are really, really upset that men just want to have sex and then dump them or leave them 
also happen to be the kind of women who are offering really nothing else other than their physical appearance. The hotter and sexier an entitled woman is to a broader cross-section of men, the more frustrated she's going to be by exactly the phenomenon you just described in detail. Because guys are thinking, man, I'd like to get a piece of that ass, but, you know, I'm not going to get a relationship with her. Are you kidding me? She's awful. Yeah. Well, women are leading with their looks, right? So you were talking about how, you know, women act like we objectify them. I actually think that women objectify themselves. And uh, not all women, but, uh, but yeah, if a woman wears, you know, big cleavage and, you know, they're leading with beauty and lust and this is what I have to offer. And if that's what you have to offer, then guys are going to be all over it. Yeah, well, this is a dichotomy that's existed for decades, if not hundreds of years. Um, it was just more discreet back in the day, right? The women who really are legitimately hot and sexy and have the attention of men tend to flaunt it. They're the last women, usually, unless they're some kind of broken chick who's playing the carrot and stick game with us. But the women who look good and know it typically are the last ones to fault men for appreciating it. It's the women who have a hard time attracting men visually who think we're all evil and horrible for having that wired into our being. It's not the hot women we're actually interested in who tend to feel that way. So that's the dichotomy. On one hand, you know, we're toxic and awful for even having sexual interest physically in a woman, you know, for simply being heterosexual, <laughs> you know, in many cases. Huh. But if you look at the women who are loud and angry about that, they're not typically the women we're interested in anyway. Meanwhile, and I tell guys this all the time, the hotter a woman is who you're out with, the easier she is to get naked. And this blows guys' minds. But, you know, the more eager she is to show off because she's got yeah. it and she wants to flaunt it. She's comfortable with her body. She wants you to enjoy it. Women love approval as much as we do. And that's a great way for a woman to get it. But if you happen to be the kind of guy who knows how to be respectful and be a gentleman and actually find out more about who she is and appreciate her at a human level, then it's practically going to be her idea to have sex with you. I'm not sure that notion at all is being fortified in the least by women's dating advice. It's more like, hey, you know what? Your booty is a prize. Hold on to it for 90 days. It's really more about weaponizing sex to get commitment. You know, you see these god-awful videos. Here are three simple things to whisper in a man's ear that makes him stop looking at porn, never even notice another woman, and love you, being devoted to you, forever only to you, without a second thought about any other woman. Again, that's feeding the entitlement. The man's there to serve her and the promise is he's going to go against his very nature, drop everything and give her what she wants. Yet in the real world, as soon as a guy becomes that subservient and that beholden to a woman, she's going to drop him anyway because he's not acting like a man anymore and she's not turned on. So again, it's all about what sells rather than what actually works, right? Yeah. And I actually know who you're uh, imitating. I won't say his name, but, uh, you know, you did a, gr a very good impression. So, Well, actually, um, I'm going to be honest with you. I could mention a dozen people who do videos just like that. It's not just one guy. It's all of them. And it's been that way for eight years. I have people pitch me to send a product out and recommend it to my women's list of subscribers, newsletter subscribers. Yeah. And I'll say, well, you know, my first question is, is it a god-awful video? Second question is, is it another video about some iteration of three obsessive phrases to whisper in a guy's ear? And then I get crickets because that's what's been selling for the better part of a decade. And it's destructive as hell. And yet, it's just like the dating apps and the dating sites themselves. 
They don't care about the actual relationships being forged and the people involved and the collateral damage caused. You just have to follow the money. And people, men and women, aren't smart enough to see the difference between a bill of goods they're being sold because it's profitable, because it pulls on their emotional heartstrings or their preconceived notions that are keeping them single, and what really works. It might be a little counterintuitive. But if you really want a relationship, if you really want someone to fall in love with you and you want someone to fall in love with, here's how the real world works. And I would argue nothing's changed, Scott. We still fall in love the same way. Yeah. I mean, and it's interesting that you mentioned all that internet marketing stuff because, you know, my professional background was in copywriting and Mm -hmm. uh, I worked for some direct marketing companies and, you know, they have those teams that have been doing that same type of marketing and they just kind of plug and play it into different clients. And, and you're right, it's destructive because it's, it's marketing. It's not dating coaching. You know, it's not, they don't care about the results they get. All they care about is the response rate, how much money they make. And I think the online dating companies and the apps are pretty similar too. I mean, they make their money on the number of users. So they're not really incentivized to get people off their apps and into relationships. It might be better, more profitable for them if everybody stays single. 100%. So my last question for you before we close is about women and sex. I think based on what we've seen, women are on one hand feeling very sexually liberated. They want to have more sex, you know, especially the younger women are feeling more empowered to have more casual sex, but I think women still don't want to be slut-shamed, and they certainly don't want to be coerced or anything else that doesn't involve mutual consent. What are you seeing in terms of talking to women and producing dating advice for women on how to reconcile that in the minds of women? I mean, what are they being taught to do? How are they being encouraged to get the sex they want without uh, being reduced to a mere sex toy for a guy who doesn't care about them. It seems like that's a very real tension in women's dating advice nowadays. Do you think so? Well, the the types of women that I work with actually are more sexual than the men that they meet. And they are often leading the charge. And often they're complaining that their man isn't seducing them how they want them to, or he's not a good enough lover, or I'm not really getting a lot of like, they're worried about what a man will think, or, you know, I'm not really getting a lot of that. It's more like, oh, I I went out with a guy and I just had to have sex with him. I just, you know, couldn't stop. And, and, and now we're dating and it's so great. I think women are very empowered and getting what they want. And I think they love sex just as much as we do, if not more. But yeah, the challenge is if you sleep with a guy too soon, then, you know, he may leave. You know, along those same lines, we hear quite a bit that I would have loved to have slept with him, but he screwed up. He messed up. I was horny as hell on that date. And, you know, he just couldn't cross the finish line. Kind of what you were saying, you know, we as men fumble a lot and it frustrates them. Yeah, for sure. I think it's hard to give advice to general audience because I don't want to tell a guy that women want sex, so go for it when he may be dating a conservative woman who eventually wants that but doesn't want that, right? So it's really more a matter of like situational awareness and escalating. But yeah, in general, I think a lot of women, especially if you're dating a really strong, sexy woman, or even if she just looks cute, you know, women are ready for that. And they'll let you know if you go too far. So you just kind of go, you know, a good pace. And if you're going too fast, or too far, she'll let you know. And if not, then just keep going. 
you know, to kind of top off that conversation, it is occurring to me right now that women are virtually never coached on how to help men at all with any aspect of this. Women, in my experience, are completely oblivious to the very existence of the phenomenon we know as approach anxiety. They just think if a guy isn't talking to him, he can't possibly be scared of him. I mean, she's just a girl. You know, he must be disinterested. And when women are out on a date with a guy, guys are very confused by what they've heard about concepts like, hey, I love a man who goes after what he wants. I love a man who's dominant and bold. Men are thinking it's a trap. We're being lulled into this false sense of security when there's a Me Too post waiting to be written about me. And so guys are very, very insecure on dates about expressing any sexual interest because they're expecting, you know, the carrot and the stick. And yet women are like, why doesn't this guy just make his intentions known? Why doesn't he just man up and seduce me? And men are just left going, why doesn't she give me some kind of freaking sign she wants that? Now, that's notwithstanding the fact that women do give men signs and we are blind to them because we don't have field sense. That's another whole podcast. Sure. But isn't it amazing how even in the year 2019, women still aren't being coached on how to help guys help the situation along? I mean, I understand women don't want to make the first move, but even educating women about what approach anxiety is or why this guy is not bringing up sex even on the fifth or sixth date would be beneficial to everybody, don't you think? Yeah, and I actually do cover this in my program for women and you know the book that I've got coming out. So uh I, you. I I talk about how you'd be amazed how if a guy's not that interested in you, he can talk to you all day long. But the second he really likes you and thinks that you could be someone he'd be really interested in, he's now terrified to come talk to you. <laughs> and right. I'm giving women you know, indicators of interest, right? So it's always been something that we gave to guys. Well, I'm giving it to women. And it's like, uh, for example, he looks at you, but then he doesn't come over and talk to you, but then he can't keep his eyes off of you. So that means like he needs you to give him some indication that you want him to come talk to you. So it could be like, you know, as simple as like using your hand and waving him over. You know, I feel like a lot of us guys need, even if we don't think of it this way, we need approval. We need her to give us the green light to approach her. Uh, I teach these women that, you know, if you like a guy, then you need to give him the indication that you want him to or, you know, so just what you're talking about. So, you know, women basically think that all men are alpha men or that they should be. And if they're not, if they don't display the characteristics they've been taught of a alpha man, then they just assume, oh, he doesn't like me when, you know, nothing could be further from the truth. So that's part of what I'm teaching women is, hey, this is how men actually are. And it's a win-win if you make their life a little easier or tell them you would like for them to take you on a date or, you know, I call it like leading him to lead you, you know, so you still want him to be the leader, but you need to like tell him what that might look like, right? So we want to, I like if I go out with a woman, I want to please her. So I might say, would you like to go to the Greek restaurant, the Chinese or the Italian, right? A lot of times what women do is they'll say, I don't know you pick, right? And that's horrible because we don't, it's like, I don't care which of the three I go to. I just want to go to the one that you want to go to, right? But women have been told that men are decisive and if they're not decisive, then they're not a real man. And so what I teach my clients to do is to say, hey, look, just pick the one of the three that you like the best and say, great, let's meet at the Italian restaurant at, you know, Saturday at eight o'clock. Does that work for you? 
And so I'm basically teaching men, women how to make men's lives easier for their mutual benefit. Well, I would also add to that that men can make their own lives easier by striking conversations before the chips are down in that area and listening. You know, when you're first getting to know her, hey, what kind of food do you like, et cetera, et cetera. And then when you plan the date, you plan something perfect because you had your ears open. Then you don't ever have to have that transaction to begin with. But uh, getting back to what you just said a couple minutes ago, honestly, if someone would just let these women know that when they see a guy who seems socially confident except around her, I mean, that's your almost foolproof signal that he's into you. Just run with it. Give him a little bit of a break. Give him a little bit of an indicator that helps him know, hey, it's okay. We can move on with this interaction. I'm kind of digging you too. So yeah, good stuff there. Well, we're running out of time and I want to point these guys to a resource on your behalf since you were so kind to uh, be a guest on the show. Right now, you're not really doing a lot of things for men in particular. So uh, per your request, we're just going to point them to be your friend on Facebook. So I've set that up for you. And the URL is www.mountaintoppodcast.com front slash. Let's go with Scott M. <laughs> but this time with two T's, S-C-O-T-T-M. So that's www.mountaintoppodcast.com front slash Scott M, S-C-O-T-T-M. And uh, befriend Scott on Facebook and see what's going on in his world. Scott, great conversation about a topic that I think a lot of guys really have never dug into before. And I think this has been really valuable. So thank you for all your insight and for your time today. Thanks, Scott. And guys, I've been talking to you for the last couple episodes about laser coaching, which is brand new. This is for you busy guys out there who would rather have your coaching in 20-minute increments rather than having to plan 60 or 90 minutes at a time. You may think you've got things pretty much figured out, but damn it, it's just those tactical things that come up that confound you again and again with certain women, certain situations, etc. This is a cost-effective program to work with me directly, one-on-one. You won't be sent to a junior coach. You'll work with me directly and have me on call for you whenever you'd like to resolve these various things that come up in your dating life, even your professional life. So go to www.mountaintoppodcast.com, find the laser coaching link there. And uh, while you're visiting that site, go ahead and sign up for my newsletter where I send you actionable advice every single day on how to get better with women and be the man you were always born to be. And until I talk to you again real soon, this is Scott McKay from San Antonio, Texas. Be good out there. The Mountaintop Podcast is produced by X and Y Communications. All rights reserved worldwide. Be sure to visit www.mountaintoppodcast.com for show notes. And while you're there, sign up for the free X and Y Communications newsletter for men. This is Ed Roy Odom speaking for The Mountaintop Podcast.